0: I'm not going to say his name right. The Gulag Archipelago guy. Um, even I think I've I can it. say it. Do it. Is it, is it Solzhenitsyn? Solzhenitsyn? Pretty close. Yeah, I think you, it's very close. There's Solzhenitsyn. Jinitskin? It was more okay. like a J um, in the middle because I'm literally mm, running, same. okay? And I'm going yeah. Solzhenitsyn as I'm running and I'm saying it over and over again because every time they'd say it, I would repeat it 20 times as I'm running and then, uh, and then two <laughs> minutes later, they wouldn't say it and I would try to say it on my own and I'm like, right? no, I can't
1: do it. <laughs> no.
0: Well, that's, that is 100% of my problem with
1: archipelago. Yes, yes. You would say it, and then I still could not repeat it
0: back to you at like, so the hard. moment. Now I almost wanted to say yeah. it your way when I kept reading the word yesterday. I'm like, archipelago. 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 <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 106. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are talking about rest. Leonardo da Vinci once said, quote, Every now and then, go away. Have a little relaxation. For when you come back to your work, your judgment will be surer. End quote. Every year around this time, we and many of you start to wrap up the work of the year and seek a bit of time to unwind during the summer months. As we close our third season of the Modern Lady podcast, we would like to leave on a note of rest, what it truly means to slow down, and why it's so essential that we do so.
0: But first, this podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. How about you? Do you want more from the Modern Lady? Become a Patreon supporter and for just $5 a month, you will have exclusive access to our sister podcast, The Friday Finishing School. Find us by going to patreon.com forward slash The Modern Lady Podcast. Another way that you can support this show is by subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. We are so thankful for every rating, review, and comment you leave us. Your reviews on iTunes help new listeners discover us. This week's shout out
1: goes to listener S4628 on iTunes, who left us a five-star rating and commented, quote, wow, I just started listening and I can't stop. Every episode so far has been insightful, engaging, and entertaining. It feels like I've got two friends over. Thank you for all your research and content. A real game changer. It's a blessing to have found you, end quote. Well, thank you so much, dear listener, for your rating and review on iTunes. And welcome to the Modern Lady community. We're so glad you found us and are enjoying the show. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com. Or you can leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week.
0: It's kind of dawned on me lately that I have dropped the ball a bit with my kids in terms of basic manners. So here is a list of 10 etiquette tips that all kids should learn from a very early age. I got this list from the Children's Movement of Florida website. Number one, return things that you have borrowed. Number two, allow others to speak without interrupting. Number three, clean up whenever you make a mess. Number four, knock on closed doors before entering. Number five, introduce yourself when meeting someone. Number six, accept people who look different than you. Number seven, compliment when you like something. Number eight, chew with your mouth closed. Number nine, wash your hands before and after eating. Number 10, hold the door for people walking after you. Now, I know these might seem obvious, and I have actually really good kids, but I know for a fact that they aren't doing all of these things, and so it's a good reminder. My favorite one was compliment when you like something. I would have never thought about teaching my kids that as a skill. Mm -hmm. As you're going
1: down this list, I actually thought this is a good reminder for all of us, really, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. many of these (laughs) tips. And you're right, they are simple, so they just need... A lot of the time reminding as opposed yeah. to great overhauls, which is encouraging. Now, I will say that the one tip about washing your hands before and after mm-hmm. you eat. <laughs> has really come into play ever since, uh, more so for us, after getting a piano recently, Mm -hmm. right? The second they finish their meal, they want to sit down at the piano. And I find that (sighs) has been a great impetus for me saying, wash your hands. Do not touch the big instrument without washing your hands. Sticky keys. Ew, sticky (laughs) keys. I can't even. On the blog CatholicGentleman.com, there is an article titled, quote, Thou shalt take it easy, end quote. The subject of the post specifically pertains to Sunday rest, but I found the sentiment humorous and true. It's clear that we were designed and created to need rest, but finding that in a world like ours today can feel like looking for a
0: needle in a haystack sometimes, right, Lindsay? yep and you know what we are ready for a break as you were saying in your yeah, opening yep. and so we were laughing because we were talking about how at this time last year we felt like the world mm-hmm. was closing in on us we were both craving silence and so we ended up mm-hmm. season two with an episode on silence which we still laugh at because it's a podcast episode <laughs> on silence we're so funny um, <laughs> and this year has been an absolute whirlwind right and you know, looking back over this year, we really feel like we have produced some of the most deep and intensive episodes um, just, you know, over this last mm-hmm. season. But one episode really, you know, stuck, stuck with us. And it's when we talk about all the time. So it's our one on leisure. And yeah. we really learned and you and I both tried hard to implement over this last year, cause that one was from last August. Um, but mm-hmm. we both tried to implement leisure into our lives but rest is different. Rest is a little bit different. So today we want to talk about good old-fashioned rest.
1: Yes. I actually was thinking along the same lines that leisure is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're technically still doing something when yeah. you're doing leisure, we've learned, right? But yeah. yeah, simply taking rest, it can feel very counterintuitive and countercultural because of... There's, there is kind of a stigma of just taking time to rest. It's all about productivity and go, go, go.
0: Yeah. I was reading an article from the deliberate mom.com entitled what's true rest and can a busy mom get it? And the writer talked about how her energy levels change seasonally. And it was an aha moment for me like her. And I'm sure like many of you, I'm energized in the spring and fall, but I slow right down during the winter and summer. And she calls these seasons her seasons of quiet exhaustion. And I really love that. Mm. And then what she said next, though, stopped me in my tracks. And it's exactly what our, I can speak for both of us here, Michelle, what our last few months have been like. And she wrote, quote, over the past few months, I've been running a race. I've been writing, creating, planning, cleaning, and scheduling. As I dashed from one thing to the next, I became unfocused. So I think we're both feeling a little unfocused over here, (laughs) unfocused to the max, actually. And so it's time for a slowdown. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And
1: you know what? It probably just really is so much more widespread than we might even realize because I also saw a recent post by an Instagrammer named Danae Logan, who just recently commented that our bodies will slow us down if we don't stop. And so, (laughs) you know what? I find this discussion actually very good to have because if we can be proactive about it, right, this rest seems to be something that we just, um, it hits us out of nowhere. Uh, We kind of go, 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 go until we crash. But I think what's really interesting about this discussion is that we can actually be proactive about it and that ultimately that's probably going to do us better in the long run, just from a
0: physiological perspective. Oh my goodness, absolutely. And you know that made me remember back last summer, around this time, my lower Mm -hmm. teeth started aching and I couldn't figure out why until I caught myself um, squeezing my jaw, right? Like clenching my lower mm-hmm. teeth. And I didn't even know I was doing it, right? Till I caught myself doing it one day. And I thought about it. And I remembered one other time that I had been doing it. And I was stressed then. And the thing is, I didn't think I was stressed. But I realized my body <laughs> knew it was stressed. Mm-hmm. And I called my mom because she, as you know, Michelle, she runs a, a dental office. And I asked her about the pain in my lower teeth. And she's like, you wouldn't believe the amount of calls we're getting right now about people like stress clenching. Um. And and feeling it in their teeth. And then around the same time, I started to have chest pains last summer. And they were coming Mm. nearly daily. And they were actually starting to freak me out. Now, that pain was finally drowned out when I got a giant (sighs) kidney stone. (laughs) I didn't Thank notice goodness. the
1: chest pains
0: when the <laughs> kidney stone took over. <laughs> oh, gosh. But what I'm saying here is like what you were just saying, like, I'm a tank. And I mean that seriously. Like, everyone calls me a tank. I'm actually really proud of my tank status. Like, <laughs> it takes a lot to physically knock me down, but also emotionally. And, you know, I'm pretty tough. And I usually can manage my stress very well. Well, I think I can, right? Until I mm-hmm. realize I'm mm-hmm. clenching my teeth and having chest pain. So you're right. It's like, even if we think we're doing the best we can, our body is going to, if we are in a tune with our body and paying attention to it, it's going to increasingly sound the alarm bells that all is not mm-hmm. right. And so mm-hmm. it's just like when you've had surgery, you know, and they're like, stay on top of the pain. Stay ahead of the pain. You don't want to have to try to catch up later. It's a lot harder to help the pain later. So you stay on top of it. Well, this is what we're learning now about stress and rest, right? So um, Mm -hmm. I think first it's really interesting to talk about some of the other physical effects of stress because... While I was doing this research, I found myself becoming increasingly more stressful, stressed out <laughs> reading about stress on the body. And so I think it's actually really important to kind of go there first so that we mm-hmm. all make sure we truly understand the impact this has on our bodies before we, uh, before we go into tips for getting more rest. Mm-hmm. Well, first, let me just say that like the clenching jaw thing,
1: mm-hmm. um, I've had that too this past year where I've caught mm-hmm. it. I, you don't even realize you're doing it. And the other thing for me, too, was uh, breathing, like something so simple. Um, Yeah, I've found over the past year, I would think to myself, I need to breathe deeply. Like, (laughs) and you just literally take a deep breath. So it is so, so interesting how the body compensates and um, they, uh, our bodies react even if our mind needs a bit of time to catch up a little
0: bit. Okay, one more thing about teeth clenching. Even though this isn't supposed to be an There's episode now an on episode. this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on teeth clenching. Um, I was just with a friend who was telling me about. Um, how she'd have to drive into downtown Toronto regularly for some pretty stressful appointments with her baby to sick kids. Mm. And she didn't realize she was clenching her teeth as soon as she was approaching the hospital and driving through the nasty traffic. So it was the combination of the stress about, you know, having a a sick child in the back, but also the traffic. Mm. And she cracked her tooth um, without even realizing it, how hard she was clenching as soon as she'd approached the traffic. And so she has to wear a special mouth guard just while she's driving because she was doing that while driving. (sighs) Isn't that crazy? Wow. Like it's just so yeah. much that we aren't realizing that we're doing to our mouths. So yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's just so much to consider.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's this hectic pace and such an onslaught. I think of um, to do and information mm-hmm. that causes it, it causes damage to our quality of life. Right. Mm-hmm. If we really yeah. think about it, we may think that we're we're being productive. Um, And we might be, but after a certain point without this kind of a balance, we're actually probably just swapping quantity for quality again. And -hmm. then we become that, like, jack of all trades, master of none in our own lives, in our own selves. And it starts to
0: manifest. It's that the interior and the exterior again. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I went on prevention.com and they had a really detailed list of the way stress manifests itself in our bodies. And um, I matched that up with a bunch of other lists and they all seem to say the same thing. So the first thing that happens is that you make bad food choices. And yep, that's me. I'm raising both hands here. Um, (laughs) The delicious relief of like a comfort mood, um, comfort food meal, or like a treat meal is almost immediately replaced with stress um, for me because of what I ate. Now, I mean, there's a whole other conversation about, you know, not feeling guilty when you eat something. That's a whole other conversation. But I think that this is really, really interesting. The fact that stress causes us to reach for unhealthy things to temporarily satisfy us now maybe next year we'll do a whole thing on eating um, because in nigella's latest cookbook cook eat repeat she actually writes a very powerful section on what she calls guilty Mm. pleasures and food Um, but that was the first thing on the list is is that we end up making bad food choices which just continues the snowball effect of the stress
1: Mm -hmm. you know what and i think that really can be considered in an even broader sense about decision making skills. Mm, yes. Right? And that when we are tired like this, our concentration can be reduced and even our emotional capacity is either limited or it could be hypersensitive (laughs) and so being decisive can feel especially burdensome and it even comes right back down to what we even eat what we put in our mouths either it could be autopilot so you're not even realizing that you're just grazing or snacking throughout the day for comfort or like you said, it's it's a deliberate choice that we're seeking that kind of comfort or control in our lives that
0: it, it impacts how we nourish our bodies it's so interesting you said that because Jason and I were talking about that a lot over the last couple of years as we try to get healthy and then we quote fall off the wagon and then try to get healthy again we're like Mm -hmm. but the world has taken away so many pleasures from us right now Now, And now what we're going to give up our evening cocktail or like our big bowl of pasta like it just feels Mm -hmm. like you're right like when it it becomes a choice because there's so other few things anyways that we can Mm -hmm. enjoy right now and so yeah, we lean to that, but I do realize in the big picture for me, and it might not be the same for everybody that ends up contributing more to my overall stress. So trying mm-hmm. to find that balance of enjoying the one thing and then letting it go and move on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then this takes us right into exercise, right? If we're going to talk about right <laughs> our bodies, <laughs> <The> other um... <laughs> side of that wonderful coin. Yes. yes yeah. <laughs> um, stress tells us not to exercise. It says, to you, Mm. right? You can't do it today. You're too tired. We can't do this. It decreases our energy levels. And while we know in our intellect that exercise helps, it's just really hard to find the willpower when we're stressed. Yeah,
1: that's a really interesting thought. I'd be curious to know a little bit more about, um, you know, even the impact of hormones when it comes Mm -hmm. to that. We've talked about cortisol before, right? Um, How much energy your body needs to expend even on being stressed. (laughs) And maybe that's depleting even the energy you maybe would have had available if you weren't so stressed out to dedicate to exercise, which ironically would give you more energy. So yeah, it does seem, it would have to be a coping, a survival mechanism for that to be the case.
0: Yeah. And talk about coping. The next thing that stress does is it leads to addictive behaviors. And I know Mm. I've seen a lot of really brave moms come forward on social media over the last year saying that they have... um, been drinking far too much wine it's usually wine and they've really opened up about that saying that the pandemic has caused them to Mm. drink either in larger quantities or more often and that they really saw that within themselves and they wanted to be open about that and i thought that that's really interesting and you know maybe it's not alcohol or drugs but what about too much time binge watching netflix or too much time on our phones it's just this kind of when again it's like you kind of lost control of making decisions or you've lost your willpower and so you just almost unconsciously slip into coping things, whatever makes you feel good at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Um,
0: I would have to say that
1: like the phone for me has really mm-hmm. been that. And I can fool myself into thinking that's rest. Uh, yeah. And we'll get into like rest specifically in a minute. But this ties into something I read that Pope Francis said, um, when he was talking about rest. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that rest is a moment of contemplation it's a moment of praise but here's here's the aside what was really important he says it's not an evasion and mm. i was like oh okay so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right. Um, and so you're right. Like when we seek control that we feel like we don't have in other areas, yes. um, it can sometimes manifest in that kind of looking for an escape. And then we don't have the willpower and we don't have the energy. And it's, it's very easy to slip into those um, patterns and habits.
0: So the next thing I read about is that stress can throw off our immune systems. So I've been beating this drum since the beginning of the pandemic, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I really don't believe that enough has been said about strengthening our immune systems during this time right now. Mm -hmm. And if stress can make us more susceptible, you know, to any illness, then I, for one, would want to know that, right? And would want to Mm -hmm. know ways, um, especially natural ways, to strengthen my immune system. So, yeah, it totally makes sense that when you're stressed... Your body is not going to be able to fight things off as well.
1: You're right. That has been a little bit lacking, <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll say, in the in the messaging for sure. And we see the manifestations of when we're not able to rest well. And that even extends to like mental health and mental rest, right? Yeah. Uh, another thing Pope Francis was saying was that um, man has never rested as much as today, yet man has never experienced as much emptiness, As today. Interesting. And I, right. And that was before the pandemic. He said that. But I was like, man, in a year where I've never spent so much time at home, you'd think I'd be the most rested that I've ever been in my life. (laughs) Right. But I think we haven't considered perhaps the effects of. Boosting our immune systems, what that would do for our mental health, as well as, like you said, for our immune system in general, which would be rather handy in the face of what we've been dealing with all year. <laughs> okay, and
0: I didn't know Pope
1: Francis wrote so much about rest. <laughs> is
0: there, is right. there a papal encyclical <laughs> on rest? Because I need to read that.
1: <laughs> I I will say that it, it, this seems to be from one address. Okay, So He, okay, he really though. packed a punch in this address, yeah. <laughs> yes, he did.
0: <laughs> um, so something really interesting is that it can ruin your nails. Now, I want to say I normally have Ooh. terrible nails, okay? They Mm They are bendy and awful and horribly shaped. You guys know I've talked before about my tree frog hands. As soon as I apply any type of color onto my nails, I look (laughs) like a tree frog. Um, But I have to agree that my nails are a telltale sign of my overall health. So Mm -hmm. when I um, am not eating well and not sleeping well, not exercising, they're, yeah, incredibly and they bend and everything. But even within just a few days of, of eating well, um, they mm-hmm. get a lot better. And I used to wonder, and this is, we can all have a laugh here, but, and maybe you guys don't know this either, but I used to wonder how eating well could change the surface of the nail. Like I would think to me mm-hmm. that it grows from the nail bed. And so it would take a long time for whatever changes you made to like, start at the bottom do you know what i mean and work their way through your nail okay but when i dropped a giant wine bottle on my big toe last year and lost my big toenail um without getting too gruesome i learned how nails grow and they don't grow from the bottom like i thought there was this little slit and then the nail grew up what I'm envisioning. Right, I'm that's what i fascinating. Go on. And it's not what happened. So, oh. and there was very little information about this online because trust me, I needed to try to find out everything that was going <laughs> to happen with my big toe. And there was like nothing. What happened is it's actually like a wash of cells that continuously mm. goes over the entire surface at once. So it doesn't grow from the bottom up. It's like oh. layer upon layer of cell- cells that build and become the nail because all of a sudden one day I was avoiding touching it because gross. And one day I touched my toe and I'm like oh, there's a nail there it was starting <laughs> so all that to say I'm no scientist but it actually that then helps me understand that even when you mm-hmm. eat better like right now or make those healthy choices that wash of cells can have an almost immediate effect on that next layer that covers your entire nail. You don't have to wait for the nail to grow out. So anyways, that just blew my mind. So teeth clenching and nails, you're getting all of the uh, (laughs) bodily (laughs) info here today. (laughs) Right. Well, it helps to
1: know the deeper cause for things, right? right? Right. (laughs) But I know what you're saying about the nails being an indicator, because Mm -hmm. that's why um, I know for me, I was always told not to leave nail polish on for too long. Yes. Um and the reason I was given was because you have to make sure to check out what your nails are doing from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> like under there, right? First of all, let them breathe
0: and then and then also they they do give signs. So the next thing is that stress and again, this comes as a no-brainer. It seems like a no-brainer, but This made me stop and think about it, that it can have a huge effect on your heart and lungs. And they've talked to people who have had and survived heart attacks and strokes. And afterwards, so many of them talked about how stressed out they were leading up to that medical emergency, that medical event in their life. And I think that especially as we're getting older uh, is, is a big wake up call for me. Mm -hmm. That's really true. Cause I would have
1: to say, um, I hear like two different common stories, I would say, Uh, when hearing about heart attacks. It's either that, like what you said, or that someone has been working so, so, so hard or a very stressful line of work or something. And then like they go into retirement and for the first time they get to rest and then it happens. So but like in both cases it has to do with um the balancing of work stress and yeah. rest and the yeah and the sharp changes um going from one to any of the others can have on the cardiovascular system
0: Yeah. It's not balanced, right? Like either way, it's not that. Yeah. Attempts to just stay as balanced as we can. And lastly, and I found this to be really interesting and this kind of ties into the immune system thing, but that stress slows down our body's ability to heal. So even just cuts or little, Mm. you know, little things. Um, So Dr. Frankel, who is a contributor to this prevention.com article claims And several scientific studies have suggested that this happens. So they wrote, stress increases the level of certain hormones in the blood, slowing the delivery of cytokines, cytokines, (laughs) which aid in the (laughs) healing process. Um, So that one, I'm like... Okay, and I've noticed that too, like how long sometimes it takes even like a breakout on my face. Um it can be mm-hmm. so prolonged if I'm in a stress, like you know when your body just feels like it's so inflamed with stress. So just like mm-hmm. things just don't bounce back in the same way.
1: Mhm. Oh, that's a really good word to use to describe it is inflammation. Mhm, right? I you you think about um that's what even a, a general cut or like what you said, a breakout, that's what it is. It's inflammation um, of tissue and of the body. And that rest can have a cooling effect, yes. <laughs> as it were, on those things. Like even your cuts need to rest. Like yes. do it for the cuts. If, no- if nothing else. <laughs> do, it. <laughs> do
0: it for the cuts. You heard that first yes. from us. Yeah. <laughs> You can quote that. So even though we're laughing, I think we're both yeah. feeling pretty stressed um, after talking about stress. so right. it's time to now address again like what rest is. So I will look again at the deliberatemom.com website and the blog post there because once again she nails it. She says, quote, "rest is release. It's about letting go of lists and expectations. Rest is quiet." It's calming the mind and being disciplined in thought. Rest is thriving where we are instead of striving for where we want to be. Rest is peace. We're so conditioned to link our productivity to our self-worth. And I think that this Mm. is especially true for mothers and, dare I say, maybe even a little bit more for stay-at-home mothers because there is no external reward system. Like when you have an away from home job, like pay raises and bonuses and other company perks or rewards. But dare I say, Michelle, I'm going to take it another step further and suggest that this is even more true for perhaps Catholic moms or women who have lots of children and who have been open to life and have a house filled with little gifts from God running around (laughs) making messes. (laughs) But because of her willingness to, um, to be open to life, and I've heard this from so many moms, the pressure is on. They take on this pressure to show, nope, I can do it all. I'm totally managing because we have made the decision to have all of these children. And so heaven forbid I ever show that I'm, I'm stressed right now because, you know, we want to show that everything is okay and that she can manage it all. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. So. I'm, I'm not saying, like, this is not a competition. In fact, according to an American Psychological Association poll, almost a quarter of American women rate their stress as an extreme. So an 8, 9, or 10 on a 1 to 10 scale, compared with only 16% of men. And this information came from parents.com, too. So clearly, women in general are very stressed and a lot more stressed than our male counterparts.
1: Yeah, and I know... That we're sometimes rather hard on social media on this mm-hmm. podcast, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and this is but this is coming from two women who actually quite enjoy social media, yes, <laughs> um, in general. So it's okay. We can. It's good to be critical and open minded yes. about things, right? But all this to say, I think that um, for women, especially, that could be a major culprit, even if you're not particularly active on social media, just media in general seems to be directed towards um, being able to do it all. Yes. Right. And I don't think it's not that maybe it doesn't exist for men or maybe it doesn't exist as much for men because they don't care quite so much as women do about having that, um, Recognition of being able yeah. to have it all together, right? But it does seem to strike a chord with us in our feminine hearts um, that we want to be able to have everything taken care of. And um, with the added pressure of having it done to a specific standard that yeah. perhaps is different from our own standard, different from our own style. And so, yeah, let alone the stress of actually having things that need to be done, done. Then we also kind of have even a subconscious thought that perhaps it should be done this particular way or that.
0: Yeah, it's been like a perfect storm brewing, right? Especially yeah. over the last 10 years, really due to Pinterest and Instagram that have given us these glimpses into other people's beautiful lives. And that's what it is. It's a glimpse. But that pressure, I don't feel like, and you know, I study a lot about domestic history and I am the first to say that women's lives a hundred years ago were far more stressful than our lives are now in ways we can't even contemplate. But this is different. You're this that pressure to have that you know, perfect house, perfect parties that you're throwing and to look perfect the whole time doing it, it's a very new type of stress. Now, something else really interesting about moms came up in that same article on parents.com. There was a study done of 500 moms and they were asked to choose a word from a list that best describes their typical daily state of mind. Mm -hmm. And 48% chose stressed. But the next most popular answer coming in at 44% was happy, which led the researchers Mm. to conclude, though, that stressed doesn't always equal being unhappy. And I really loved reading that. And you guys might be interested to know that rushed and crazy busy came in in the third and fourth place. (laughs) So I think that's really, really key. So even though many of us are in a stage and a season in life where we are stressed or rushed or crazy busy, it doesn't mean we're not Mm. happy right? Those two things don't cancel each other out. But all of this to say, you are not alone. (laughs) Mm Because clearly a large percentage of women are feeling that right now. Um, One mom who was surveyed said, quote, society has a busier is better attitude. And people think that if they're not stressed, then they're actually not doing enough. They're gauging Mm -hmm. their productivity by their level of stress and thinking, well, if I'm not stressed, then I'm clearly not working hard enough. And The last point here from that same article is that if if you're not convinced at this point that you need to rest, I want you to listen to this. So this is again from parents.com and quote, a study of 2000 parents by psychologist Robert Epstein, Ph.D., professor of psychology at the University of the South Pacific in Suva, Fiji, ranked 10 parenting skills that predict our kids well-being. And number two on the list was how well parents manage their own stress. And that's a huge mm. eureka moment, right if yeah. that if how we manage our stress is going to impact our children's well being now and in their future, we need to really take this seriously. Mm-hmm. That's such an important
1: thing that I know i I sometimes forget is well, we did the whole episode, right? And you never know who's watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and often that's just simply our own kids yes. <laughs> in our in our own households and in our own families, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so even just to be intentional about being aware of it, I think can go a really long way probably, right? Even if you don't necessarily have it all together in terms of stress management, or this is something that you're having to recalibrate Or form new habits. I think even just being honest and open about that stress is kind of a a thing we all experience throughout our lives and not to get uh, intimidated by it. But there does need to be something done. So, this is how mom or dad is dealing with it and handling it. That can be a really
0: important lesson in and of itself. Absolutely. So let's look at what rest is. So physician Sandra Dalton Smith wrote a book called Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Renew Your Sanity. Now, I haven't read the book, uh, but I did read this article that she wrote and she talked about how after even after sleeping all night, if you wake up still exhausted, you might have something she calls a rest deficit. She goes on to say, if your deficit is mental rest, you may have trouble with concentration. If you have an emotional rest deficit, you may find that you're snapping at your spouse um, and they haven't done anything to warrant it. If you have a sensory rest deficit, maybe you used to love fireworks, but now you're jumping out of your skin or you're chronically anxious when you just are getting out of the car to go to work. So Dr. Mm. Dalton Smith points out that there are different types of rest and that it's important to figure out what type you need. And this is that work you were just talking about, like saying like, this is what mom and dad are trying to figure out, right? It does take Mm -hmm. a little bit of work. So she suggests that there are seven different kinds and we'll just give a brief overview of those seven different kinds of rest. Okay, so the first one is physical rest, and I think this one's super simple. It just means that you need to sleep. <laughs> There's no other way around it. You've got to get some sleep. Yeah, got that. And you know what? Maybe we
1: won't go too deeply into sleep because I would love to do a whole episode on yes. sleep. I'm you've been fascinated wanting to do that. Sleep. For I know. Years. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> I've spent years experimenting with sleep, and I don't want to share what I've learned. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> So we'll just table that one for now and just go right on to number two.
0: Perfect. So number two is mental rest. And we say this one all the time. It's when your brain has turned to mush. Right. Uh, you can take mental rest by turning off screens and just finding a quiet place to just pray or be alone.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And if you'll recall from one of our episodes, and I can't remember which one, we talked about the busy mom who would throw the apron over her head. Yes. you remember that one? Yes. Right? Yes. Like, don't forget that's an option too. But that's yeah. a really good point about sometimes you have to turn the input off, and yes. that
0: can be described as mental rest. Good point. The third one is social rest. And I realized that this is what I'm feeling. And I feel it because I'm with people a lot, but I'm also so active on social media. I think this must, again, be like a newer one because we've talked before about how we think it fills our our social needs, but it doesn't fully, but we feel tapped out. Like we still feel like we've been social all day. Um, And so she gave a really good suggestion and I love this. And she talks about just picking one old friend to hang out with, like to really recharge um, mm-hmm. that one old friend who knows you inside and out, like you don't have to provide lengthy explanations. You don't have to share all the things they just get you. Um, and then the other option mm-hmm. is just not seeing anyone, right. <laughs> it's actually mm-hmm. just putting a wall around yourself and having some quiet time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know what I think might be really conflicting right now when it comes to this third rest, the social rest is that we are just coming out of lockdown. Well, especially for us. Right. Yeah. In Ontario, we're just starting to see the loosening up. And so I do find that it's this kind of rush and onslaught that we want to see people. Yeah. But, you know, we forget that we have also still been talking quite a lot like this yes. has happened during a technological era where, you know, we might have been even more connected to a wider community of people for the last little bit and so we might be confused is all i'm trying to say why this might be a type of rest you're feeling that you need when at the same time you've you think i shouldn't need this i should be
0: wanting to go the opposite way <laughs> yeah yep for sure and then the fourth one is creative rest and this is another one that hits home because i feel like this is what i'm craving right now um dr dalton smith says that even people who don't think that they're creative are often more creative than they think that they are <laughs> mm-hmm. so oh yeah my husband jason is the perfect example of this um he is one of the least creative people i know now he's brilliant He's hardworking, he's hilarious, and I think he's handsome as heck, but he's not a writer, he's Mm. not a musician, like not any of those classical senses. But he is currently planning a retirement party uh, party at work, just a little going away thing for one of his bosses and they've put it on him. So he has to plan it. Like he had to order some snacks. He has to write a going away speech and he's designing a t-shirt for her and all this kind of thing. And so I'm just watching how like somebody, yeah, who doesn't typically come off as being creative is put into these situations. So we are all, all a lot more creative than we think we are. So What she suggests Mm -hmm. is going for a walk or reading a great book. So basically doing something that savors someone else's creativity. So you can take the pressure off your own brain to create something new. Mm, That's such a good point. So
1: first of all, I have to say that that whole point about even people who don't think that they're creative are often more creative than they think. Yeah, I've always thought that about people who are very into math Mm. right and that sometimes traditionally we may not see that as creative but the more I talk to people who are math inclined my husband is one of them mm-hmm. I just think oh my gosh the way you think about numbers is a type of creativity that I do not have so right. it, yeah. that is an interesting point point. and then when you were talking about um, reading a great book That really spoke to me because I'm finding more and more, and I just had this to my mom recently, I'm like, I just want fiction right now. Like I'm actually craving fiction and the type of fiction that you can just get lost in. Like it's not too um, intellectual uh, right now. Right. And I never thought of
0: tying that into a, a need for a specific kind of rest. It's like that summer reading list. So, so many people read, you know, mm-hmm. reach for like those really great stories that aren't as heavy. Beach reads, yes. I guess they're mm-hmm. called. And so maybe we'll compile a little list, Anna Kermanina, <laughs> for the beach. Oh yeah,
1: read it on the beach, and that's
0: a beach read. <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness. So the fifth thing is emotional rest, and this is something that I'm noticing more and more as I get older. Um, I find Mm. that if I get emotional, I can't, I can't bounce back in the same way. Mm -hmm. Like I have an actual physical response that I never had when I was younger. So if I'm crying from a movie or something more Mm. serious, um, I actually get like a pounding headache now and it can last the entire day. Like before I could feel something and then bounce back and then feel something else. But yeah, the older I get, I'm finding it a little bit harder to regulate, I guess my emotional Um, I just feel things more deeply, I guess. And so, yeah, emotional rest. Um, She says that for this one that you need to really have like that one person who has a willingness to listen um, Mm -hmm. or a therapist. Um, And and the purpose of this is to actually help prevent future emotional overload. So to get into the habit of talking about these things before it gets so heavy, you, you actually need emotional rest. Mm-hmm.
1: And that can be something important to remember as we're so often tied up with with this productivity and this busyness, we can forget to do that to kind yeah. of like check in emotionally. And then that's when yes. it kind of gets overwhelming and spills out yeah.
0: <laughs> the most inconvenient <laughs>
1: of places. That's right.
0: <laughs> and number six is spiritual rest. And she said feeling afloat unanchored alone. We say, as Catholics, dark night of the soul. Anyone? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. This is when we're feeling disconnected from God. Um, Now, the doctor says that she would recommend like volunteering. And I think that's awesome because it's completely in in line with what we would recommend as Catholics as well, like doing acts of charity for others. It takes you outside of yourself
1: and then that can lead you back
0: to God um, and to feeling that connection with him. So yeah, I really love that the answer to spiritual rest is doing something for others.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I was thinking about this even in, you know, just taking it right back to its basic terms in the catechism of the Catholic yeah. Church, where it talks about, you know, if if God's action is the model for our human action, then yeah. he rested. Yep. And he was refreshed. So the catechism says that man too ought to rest and should let others, especially the poor, be refreshed. Mm. Um, and I thought that as well, like you, this connection that we can go and do for others as a form of spiritual rest and then I was extending it even further um, to the point where we can also find ways to encourage and help others to rest too. that yes. that can be a real act of charity for us that not only feeds us in a spiritual way, but then also really helps another person out. Yeah. And so one way you know that we could actually practice rest in this way is to invite someone to rest with you. So, you know, like that friend you were talking about, we may need. That one old friend that we don't need to explain anything to and we can just hang out and refresh that way. Maybe we can be that friend for someone else. Or maybe we can invite our spouse to come and just sit on the deck with us for a little bit. Or maybe our children, like just to teach and encourage
0: others to come with us on this journey of rest as well. The giving them the gift of rest, right? And I think even using mm-hmm. the word rest, I'm loving the word itself. And like, I just think if we actually incorporate it into our language more, like what you're saying, like if we said to our husbands, come and rest with me a minute or to our children, yeah. come and rest in my arms, come and rest with me. Let's talk about your day. It just becomes as normal as some of the other words that are part of our vernacular. mm mm-hmm. Okay, so the last one uh, is sensory rest. And we already touched on this a little bit with social media. Um, Dr. Mm. Dalton Smith says that the major cause for uh, this need for sensory rest is from our screens. She sees physically in her practice a lot of eye strain and neck te- te- uh, tension. But she's also seeing that our screens are causing far greater problems. And she's seeing a lot of broken relationships, divorce, um, you know, Mm. all coming from social media and from our screens. And we know this, this isn't news for us, but I think, uh, on the other side, so we have that and then be a busy mama, uh, you know, a homeschooling mama and there's sensory overload. It's a near Mm. constant companion for us, right? Um, it's just all the time, the noise all the time. But then I know that there are some jobs, too, that have this. I'll just use one more example, and that's with Jason. As a police officer, when he was on patrol, every once in a while he'd pop in to, like, use our bathroom because they Mm -hmm. don't have bathrooms on the road. Or he'd grab, Mm -hmm. like, his lunch if I had made it up. And we'd be talking for only a few minutes. And their radios, their radios are on their shoulder by their ear. And it's going the entire time. It is a mm. constant communication between headquarters and the, and the officers on the road. And it's not just chatter. It's serious calls coming in. You're hearing right. constant stress and serious things. And I know that they uh, you know, have a coping mechanism where they're not hearing it in that same way where they'll just pick up on what they need to pick up on. But even just standing there as an observer for a couple of minutes, I'm like, oh, my God goodness like how are you hearing that in your ear the entire day so i know that there's a lot of different um jobs that have different types of like sensory overload like that as well Mm -hmm. so her answer to this one again seems so simple but i mean we don't always think to do this it's fresh air and a good book Yeah, sensory rest is something that I've been
1: really interested in. And mostly it has come from observing my kids, but Mm -hmm. I can easily extend the observations to myself too. Um, Just the difference between spending a lot of time on screens, like what you were saying, and then stepping out into nature. So I notice and, and... it's no stretch to notice it at all. It, the difference is so stark between myself and the kids when we have the chance to spend a day out yes. and it could be nature for sure. Or it could just be out doing something like living life <laughs> mm-hmm. and the days that we stay home. And uh, you know, if I have to get some things done at home and they're on their screens a little bit more often, or if I'm trying to get some stuff put together for the podcast even I notice a a big difference in the sensory overload and you do start to crave a bit of distance from it but even you know just the temperament the patience level is so much greater when you step away the ability to think clearly increases and these are not like medical statistics this is just experientially you can notice and it it strikes me as really interesting how fast your body adjusts to those two different dynamics and scenarios we're still working on balance when it comes to sensory rest and screen time and all these different things but it is something that i am taking a lot of note of because i find it very very interesting just how impactful
0: both of those situations are I love that you brought in your kids because you're right. Out of all of them, I Mm -hmm. think this is the one we can see most immediately, almost on a daily level, is when our kids hit their sensory overload um, limit Mm -hmm. and then how we have to help them guide them back from that. Um, But that just made me actually, as you're saying that, I kind of scrolled back up over my notes and looked at the whole list again. And I'm like, wait a second. Our kids actually (laughs) also feel all of these things and that it benefits the entire family Right, If mm. all of these things are kind of being monitored and worked on as a family, because, yeah, our, our kids, especially over this last 18 months, um, must be feeling a lot of these things as well. And so um, that idea, again, of gifting rest to others or like imagine looking at everything we just said and at that list and going, I want to do that for my husband, like you were saying earlier, like I mm-hmm. want to do this for others if, if I can help them as well. And I know it's almost contrary to what we're saying because we're telling us to take rest. And now I'm like, and be sure to do all of this for your children and your husbands too. But what I'm saying is that maybe it's an entire shift of mind for the entire family to become mm-hmm. more literate about this, right? To become yeah. way more aware. And then as we all learn these skills together, we can support each other more holistically as a family unit and making rest a regular part of our family culture.
1: Yes. Yeah. It doesn't have to be another task on your to-do that's list right. at all. I know what you're saying. It can start with your own example, right? Of you yeah. addressing and taking rest. And then, yeah, like what we were saying before, if there's an opportunity to invite others into your rest, then you're like killing two birds with one stone. But the, but that's the productivity coming out in me again. I apologize.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I always think about how when I do this work for myself, then like what we're saying, our kids will observe how to do this. And so then it hopefully will become normal for them. I don't want my kids at 40 having to Google how to relax, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was this morning uh, Mm -hmm. in writing my notes. So it is something that does have to be learned and practiced. But yeah, I think it's really important that they observe this behavior in their father and I so that they know it's a good thing and that they don't have to feel guilty over this because they There is a lot of guilt attached to resting. And that's just something I want to stop now within myself and within, you know, the next generation in my family. So, you know, all this to say, um, heading into these summer months, there was a quote
1: on Forbes.com, an article called The Benefits of Resting and How to Unplug in a Busy World. And the line that really hit me the most just said, rest is only significant when you purposefully do it. And I was like, oh, okay, so it doesn't just happen? Okay, good to know. Um, And then it got me realizing, you know, that true rest is just different from not working, right? And I love how the idea of nature hates a vacuum keeps coming up because... For me, I do think I have that tendency to think that way, that when I get overwhelmed or something isn't working, I will cut it out or I'll take a break. But I actually don't think too long about how to fill that hole well. And, you know, it reminds me of the book, The Cat in the Hat a little bit, where the cat says, it's fun to have fun, but you have to know how. And (laughs) that sounds like leisure to me, but there's a good link here between this idea of proper leisure and proper rest. Um, So if I were to adapt the cat's words to rest, particularly, you could say it's good to have rest, but you have to know how. And Mm. so, you know what, this is going to be a thought that I'm going to take with me through this summer break because I would like to rest. But I guess that even
0: rest requires a little bit of intention on the onset, So we want to end the season by saying, rest, dear ladies, rest. We're begging you. We're begging ourselves. Write it on your hand, post it on your mirror. Be an example of calm, healthy, restfulness for your kids. This is how we fight back against the hustle culture, the cult of busyness. This is how we silence that little voice that whispers, shouldn't you be doing something else right now? We are going to say, no, I'm choosing rest.
1: Okay, it's time for
0: our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? Well, I spied yet another British streaming channel on Amazon this Wh- week. What? <laughs> yeah, another. And of course, I had to have it. So we now have BBC Select. <laughs> okay. Um. I'm not sure, honestly, if I'm excited about all of the programming on there. It's a very um, unique collection. They have it broken down into interesting categories. Um, But all that to say, there are two things on there that my whole family, all of us, have been loving. And we've been watching them a lot. And it's actually helped me rest this week. Um, Mm. So I want to recommend... Joanna Lumley's travel documentary series on there. She has um, oh, yes. like India and Japan and the Trans-Siberian Railway. And then my favorite one, which is In Search of the Northern Lights. Now, um, She's a British actress, and I have to point this out. She is on one of my all-time favorite shows, which I don't watch now because of my faith, but it was called Absolutely Fabulous, and she plays a character named Patsy. And people in England especially really associate Joanna Lumley with this character. And as a human, she is like the complete opposite of that character. (laughs) So just watching her on these trips, and she's a fascinating life, and they're beautifully filmed. You know, there's a few things in the content as she travels around the world, some things where we're like, okay, you know what? Um, it's not really in alignment with what we would do and you can skip Mm -hmm. over them or whatever. They just use your discretion, but it's really overall a fantastic each one of them, each place she travels to is fantastic. And then there's another series and it's another travel one on BBC select and it's called amazing hotels life beyond the lobby. And it's co-hosted by another fave of mine named Giles Corrin and Giles and his co-host travel to some of the most luxurious and exclusive hotels in the world. But they go also behind the scenes and they each work in different areas of the hotel to really show how it works. But the other cool thing is that they actually also teach you about the culture and history of where these locations are. Um, so you learn about how some of these hotels, you know, are trying to work with the native indigenous cultures in these places around the world and and that sort of thing. So there's this, uh, the odd bit of bad language. Again, use your own discretion. But overall, it's a great series. And so for those of us who still really can't travel very far, these right. things are just they really feel like you're traveling around the world with these series they're just absolutely beautiful
1: Mm -hmm. i'm excited to check those out because the one thing that the bbc does really well is production Mm -hmm. and they produce things in a way where it's really immersive for the person watching it right like you like what you're saying we can't travel a lot right now internationally especially um But I can totally see how watching these documentaries kind of takes you there from your couch.
0: So, Michelle, what are you loving this week?
1: So I'm actually also loving something that ties in really well with this episode. I read or listened to the audiobook Teaching from Rest by Sarah Mm, McKenzie. So for anyone who isn't familiar with Sarah McKenzie, who is the author of Teaching from Rest, she also wrote another book called Read Aloud Family. She's a podcaster on the Read Aloud Revival podcast, and she runs the whole Read Aloud Revival empire. I think we could call it an empire now. And she's just really great. And she has so many resources for forming family culture, especially regarding books and reading at home. So in this book, Sarah talks about the need for and how to achieve a disposition of rest amidst busy homeschooling days, particularly. But I actually listened to this book of two minds. So on the one hand, we are considering homeschooling again next year. And so this was really wonderfully consoling and comforting to listen to. But on the other hand, as a mom who has sent her kids to school for several years already, I could actually see how a lot of what she writes about in this book can actually apply to all families and not just homeschoolers. Uh, in all of our attempts to make home a place of peace and enthusiastic lifelong learning. So if you're looking for a book to kick off the summer or your next audiobook selection, I would recommend Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie. And no matter where you are in life, I really feel like it will be a really pleasant read. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week and this season. If you want to get in touch with us and chat about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at Sachs.
0: And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Homemaker.
1: Thank you so much for listening, have a great summer, and we will see you next time.